Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors and the Center for California Real Estate. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Housing Matters Podcast. My name is Oscar Way, Senior Economist of California Association of Realtors. And I'm Jordan Levine, as trustee sidekick. <laughs> um, uh, it's been a couple weeks. I think last time we had the last episode, we were missing Jordan. Jordan, you were on vacation, right? Yeah, unfortunately, I well, fortunately for me, but uh, <laughs> you know, it took a little much needed break. But it's really good to be back, especially with all the news that's happening out there. So. Uh, Going to be back for our 47th episode. Exactly. Now, I know last time we sidetracked a little bit. We talked about millennial and uh, homeowners. But uh, this time we want to go back to our usual top five of five. Uh, we do have a lot of things to cover it, as you said. Um, let's start off with some uh, macroeconomic news. How's that? Yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot to cover on that front, especially because, you know, and I know that we're prone to talk about economic stuff because we're economists, but it really does play into what happens in the housing market, which is what our members care about most. Absolutely. And then also because I think later this week or next week, we're going to have the second quarter GDP numbers released. So it's good to t- first take a look at you know some of the monthly number uh, as well as uh, retail sales are concerned. Uh, whether it's supporting a second quarter's uh, strong GDP number. Right, yeah, especially because consumers drive so much of the economy, and it looks like, lo and behold, they will be another uh, big source of the growth in in Q2, right? Yeah, I mean, based on some of the retail sales number, if you look at June sales number, it was up actually 0.5% compared to May, and when you look at it from a year-over-year perspective, it's up about 6.5-6.6% from last June. Wow. Very good. Actually, you know, and of course, we're we're not only looking at just one month. If you look at the whole second quarter from April to uh, June, it also is up close to six percent. Right, that's very impressive. Yeah, and it's pretty broad based, right? It's not just one category driving the day. We're seeing lots of good growth of auto sales, of people going out to eat, restaurants and bars was mm-hmm. up pretty heavily. Uh, there's a lot of different categories that were were up there. I think, uh, you know. Prices have risen, and we see that in the inflation numbers, which we'll talk about in a minute. So that's, you know, underneath some of those numbers, but there's no way that inflation's been up 10%. So these are going to translate into real gains in economic growth. Yeah, I know you mentioned about vehicle sales, motor sales. Uh, A couple months ago, a few months ago, we were a little concerned, but it starts picking up again. So that's a good sign. Um, Something that we recently experienced, you know, the Prime Day, Amazon Prime Day, right? <laughs> yeah, and I so, showed tremendous restraint, I will have you guys know. But, uh, and I brought that up because I know internet, non-store sales has been growing pretty fast. Um, last Compared to last year, it's actually grew by 10%, 10.2%, so that's pretty impressive. Yeah, and I think the brick-and-mortar retailers are definitely feeling the pinch of Jeff Bezos, but uh, <laughs> overall consumption, which is what you know matters for the economy in general, is actually doing uh, really well. So for me, I, I think that we're going to get more solid growth for the economy in the second quarter, largely because of, of consumers really driving the show. And actually, the other thing I should mention, especially as it pertains to uh, 
the housing market, obviously, but also for the car sales, is that consumer credit did start to bounce back. Right. And so um, that kind of explains why we saw that uptick in, in auto sales. It was a, mostly a jump in in non-revolving credit, so like fixed length, fixed term loans, like a five-year car loan and things like that. So hopefully that means good news for the housing market, but I definitely think that's what's uh, underlying some of these good car sales numbers too. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, I'm glad that you brought up, you know, the uh, optimism that hopefully it would translate into better home sales in the housing market because we look at recently the um, Fannie Mae just released a home purchase sentiment index. Right, which is kind of taking the temperature of consumers on how they feel about buying a home, right? Yeah, and of course, at the first half, first quarter of the year, we're seeing some optimism. Optimism. Last couple months, you know, if you just look at the sales number at the uh, state level, it seems to kind of soften up a little bit. Now, based on the home purchase sentiment index, it seems to reflect that you know things might be kind of slowing down a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's the first time that we've had you know a couple of months in a row of of not the best news on on consumer sentiment towards the housing market. It was down uh, about two per- or two points at least from from May it was in in June, or and and it's down on a year over year basis as well. And and I think the the percentage of folks who think it's a good time to actually sell your home uh, is is pretty high, but for the buy side, folks are, are seeming to sour at least a little bit. Um, and, you know, it's not, I think, because they don't want to buy a home, but I think that, and this is a point that you and I were chatting about yesterday, is that yeah. there's a bit of a mismatch out there between what, you know, sellers and buyers are expecting, right? Is that sellers think it's a great time to sell and we're going to get all kinds of money for our home. And, and buyers seem to be at the point where they're saying these prices are starting to get, you know, a bit uh, ridiculous or I'm at least a little bit concerned about how high the prices have gotten. Yeah, and especially since, you know, interest rates, we have seen some fluctuation in interest That's rates. That's a good point. The, uh, the purchase sentiment index uh, account for price and the uh, mortgage rates. And when you look at home prices, obviously, you know, uh, most people would think that home prices will continue to go up, especially for Californians. Right. Um, and, you know, you look at 8%, 9% that we have experienced in the last couple months, you know, of course, home prices will continue to go up for most, pe- uh, in, most pe- in people's mind. And mortgage rates, I mean, we have been saying uh, <laughs> for, for sure. the last six months yep. that it probably will reach at some point of 5%, maybe even at the end of the year reaching 5%. You know, if you ask me, of course... You and me are both economists. We know a little bit more about the economy, so we know Hopefully. that interest rates. <laughs> right. Well, otherwise, we won't be doing this podcast. <laughs> but, you know, we know that interest rates will probably go up. Um, now, it kind of stalled a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Right. But most people also think that, you know, mortgage rates will go up. Yeah, and I think that's the key. You know, it's like whether whether they go up or not. If the perception is that they're going to go up, then that's going to motivate some uh, behavior. And I think that you know, for sellers, they maybe want to try and get out of that house now and get into their right. new one, so they can lock in a rate before it gets too much higher. Especially now that their home's worth more money than it was, you know, a couple of years ago. I mean, we just busted through the pre-recession peak in terms of overall home prices, and so you know, it makes sense that some sellers are thinking that now is the time to try and lock in some of those gains, get into their next home uh, before we get to 5%. So I think regardless of, right. of where that goes, it, it makes sense for sellers to maybe start turning over. We also have probably you know reached that point where 
folks who had you know even bought at the peak of the market back in 2006 are finally back into positive equity to the extent that they kind of stuck it out in that home through all the price declines and through the slow um, recovery even those people who bought in five six time frame now that we're back at that pre-recession peak do have some equity and so again it makes sense um, on the seller side but you know from a buyer standpoint we're looking at all-time high prices right prices in california have never been as high as they right. are right now right and you know we haven't released our june's number yet it will be released in a few days but um you know, preliminarily at least it looks like that's going to continue to be the case right right i mean i'm thinking that you know price wise it's probably going to stay at around eight percent or so uh, but, you know, we'll have more on those uh, um, uh, in a few days. Great teaser, Oscar. Tune in next <laughs> week for that. Definitely. Now, we talked about the demand side. You know, just, just to just to say, you know, based on the home purchase sentiment index, it seems like, yes, it's kind of slowed down, but we still have decent demand. But what about the supply side, you know, from the perspective of the developers and the builders? Um, are, we, are we seeing some uh, positive, uh, optimistic uh, perspective? Yeah, I mean, for me, that's uh, a little bit better news. You know, while we've seen optimism on the side of buyers kind of drop off a little bit in the recent months, builders at least still seem to be relatively optimistic. It didn't increase, uh-huh. uh, but it did remain pretty stable at what I would consider pretty high levels in uh, in July, right? It was, I think, a 68, which was a pretty good number for builders in terms of being confident about the future direction of the economy. That said, if you scratch under the surface, even there, there's a little bit of, uh, of signs of wobble, right? Right. I mean, th- I think they are confident about the, the um, demand side. Um, they believe that you know the economy continue to grow, so yeah. they're 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 willing to build. But the thing is, you know, they, when they look at uh, co- current constant sa- uh, present sales number, it seems like you know it hasn't changed that much. You know, future in the next six months or so, they're it's slowed down again, slowed down a little bit, partly because of cost as well. Right. Um, the cost of material continue to increase. You know, you saw what we mentioned about retail sales earlier. Right. Plus, you know, we will mention a little bit about the inflation very shortly, that things seems to be actually increasing a little bit in terms of material costs as well as labor costs. Yeah, and I think that, you know, one of the things that that seems to pop out of these numbers is that they're worried about, you know, especially as it relates to materials, is these tariffs and these trade disputes that we're having, right? Especially because a lot of the construction that we've seen, not just in California, but really across the country, has been a lot of multifamily. They use a lot of things like steel and other things that are largely um, imported or, you know, at least face stiff import competition that help to keep prices down. And I think as we kind of, um, you know, wage some of these trade battles that it at least has the perspective or the potential uh, to to increase the cost of, of building those projects. And that might be, a, you know, a source of concern for, for some of those big multifamily builders out there. Absolutely. I mean, and it's not just, you know, when we talk about tariff, you know, we... Initially, six months ago, we may think, okay, well, people are just kind of throwing things out, you know, different. Posturing. Right, and negotiating. But it looks like it may last for a little bit longer than we previously thought. So, um, of course, builders are concerned. That is definitely something to be concerned about. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm concerned personally, too. You know, it's uh, we don't want to put ourselves in a situation where the... 
you know, ultimately the U.S. consumer is going to be the one footing the bill for for these, you know, increases. I doubt that the builders and other folks are going to, other, you know, producers are going to take that on the chin. Those increased costs are going to be passed on to consumers and that ultimately detracts from economic growth, right? Your money doesn't stretch as far in an environment where prices have to keep going up. Right. Now, of course, price is just one uh, reason that one factor that affects consumers affect home buyers. The other f- part of it is mortgage uh, uh, interest rates, <laughs> yeah. and that affects mortgage applications. Yeah. We look at mortgage applications um, every month, yeah. and uh, it looks like based on the statistics from uh, MBBA, uh, mortgage applications actually um, went up slightly from a week ago. Yeah. I mean, we know that, I'm, I'm, I, and we mentioned a little earlier that interest rate kind of stall a little bit. It stayed at around 4.5% for 30-year right. fixed rate. I mean, it went all the way up to close to 4.7 a couple months ago. Yeah. Uh, but it seemed to have come, seems to have come down a little bit, and that affects the uh, purchase index. Definitely. So more folks are trying to get in while the getting's good, I think, is what we saw last week. I would caveat that number a little bit because I think this reflects actually the week prior. We're in the week of... Uh, July 20th, I guess it is right. right now. And so this is would be the week that ended, I guess, July 14th. And, and the thing to keep in mind is that they're reflecting, you know, an increase over the prior week, which actually included the 4th of July. And so part of that sure. is just that there was fewer days to actually apply for a mortgage. And so that's why we saw a bit of a bump um, last week. But I do think that there's something to your story about folks, again, trying to get ahead of the curve if they think that rates are going to continue to go up, right? Rising rates are kind of a double-edged sword. Rising rates should suppress demand for housing, except to the extent that you think they're going to keep going up. Then it makes sure. sense to get in sooner than later. And so I think that muddies the waters a little bit and, and actually might be driving people to get in to the housing market um, sooner than later. Yeah, and that's the reason why I think when we said early part of the year, you know, we saw an increase in sales in February and March, and that's the, you know, people actually jumping into the market to take advantage of the uh, low interest rates. Right. Why wait around till December, you know, and, and just end up paying more money? Right. So now, now we're, we're, since we're on the topic of interest rates, of course, we have to talk a little bit about, you know, what happened to the Fed funds, uh, Federal Reserve. Yeah. So uh, another uh, another rate hike, I think, is uh, is in the mix for, for the rest of the year, and actually we we'll, might see a couple um, you know, at, at least that's what, what the Fed chair said, right? Right. I think uh, t- yesterday and today, you know, the uh, Fed chairman, uh, Jerome Powell, uh, has been talking to the um, Senate com- uh, Banking Committee, and uh, he seems very positive about the economy. Right. And, of course, when he's positive about the economy, that means there's a chance that there is going to be a Fed rate hike. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he said there was going to be. He said that... Uh, you know, he attributed the the strong economy both just to kind of solid fundamentals, but also you know the the tax cuts and and the fact that we're uh, spending more at least at the federal level is is going to really keep the the foot on the gas of the economy, if you will. And and we have talked about tax reform before. We have mentioned that tax reform may not necessarily be the best thing for the housing market, but at the same time, we did say that it will probably have some benefit you know, in terms of consumer spending, and it seems to be materializing, it seems to be showing up at least 
uh, that's what we expect in the second quarter. Right, definitely. And I think, you know, just going back to basic econ uh, 101, when you deficit spend, right, you're spending um, the same amount of money or slightly more, and we've cut those taxes, which are going back into consumers' pockets. And uh, anytime you, you juice the economy like that, it, it translates into economic growth. It's pretty basic. Yeah, and the Fed chairman also did mention um, that the, he's a little concerned about the tariff, like all of us do. <laughs> yeah. Because um, it's, it's, even though second quarter may be strong, I think there might be some negative uh, impact on the third quarter. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just again, going back to Econ 101, we've got you know a lot more people who are out there consuming things made out of steel than we have steel producers. And so when you um, protect the steel producers, you're doing it at the expense of anybody who's out there consuming um, products that might take steel. And that's true of any commodity, right? And so um, ultimately, you're kind of, um, you know, helping on the one hand and, and hurting another much bigger hand on the other side. Right, and and that actually, you know, his positive perspective actually is in line with um, the uh, inflation number that we have seen. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when he said that the economy is doing good and that means we're going to go ahead and raise rates, I think that's backed up by what we're seeing in the CPI number. It's actually above the Fed's inflation target. They try and keep inflation right around two percent, but if right. you look at the most recent number, it was up almost three percent. I think two point nine percent. Uh, last month, and and so that definitely suggests that you know yes they want to kind of cool off economic growth so that we're not growing too much above our you know natural rate or whatever. But really, that's all about keeping inflation in check. And so um, if you're if you're monitoring these these inflation numbers, even core, if you take away like energy and some of these more volatile you know commodity prices, you still have. Uh, above target inflation growth right yes. now. And so these guys, that's their, you know, I know they have a dual mandate to keep unemployment low and inflation stable, but, you know, unemployment is pretty much a non issue right now. It's, at, you know, the lowest levels it's been in 40, 45 years, something like that. Um, so the name of the game at this point is is inflation, and they're going to have to raise rates. The, the one thing I worry about on that front is that we continually uh, flatten the yield curve, right? Because although the, the long end for mortgage rates have have gone up to about four and a half percent or so where they are now um, the the short end of the yield curve these short-term interest rates have actually gone up much quicker than than longer-term interest rates which are really you know impacted by a kind of global capital flows they're much more out of the control of the Federal Reserve or even just domestic economic conditions and really a function of what's going on in the rest of the world and and that always creates a, a bit of a recession risk because as you get short-term rates that are very close to long-term rates, then why invest long-term, right? And that can really disrupt bond markets and things like that. Yeah, the 10-year, I'm glad that you brought up the uh, the, um, the yield curve. The 10 and the 2 years actually are very, very close. And one economist actually mentioned that, you know, based on the, the indication that we're seeing right now, um, it is possible that usually, you know, when the yield curve actually get inverted, yep. two years, a year and a half to two years after that, we'll probably see a recession. Now, we're not there yet, right. but it is very possible that before the end of the year or early next year, we might actually see some sign. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, every time, I think I think almost every time, I'm going to put an asterisk on that, but I think <laughs> almost every time the yield curve is inverted, we've, we've had some kind of economic turmoil to follow. And it makes perfect sense, right? Why are you going to you know, loan money to the U.S. government for 30 years 
you know, and take all that risk of, of inflation and other stuff that can happen. I mean, 30 years is a long time and anything can happen. Over the, That's why we don't forecast 30 years, right? Right, right. We don't. Um, but, you know, if you, can, if you can loan the U.S. government money for a year and get the exact same amount of returns, then why wouldn't you just buy that one-year bond? And that really wreaks havoc on, on bond markets and you start to see bond sell-offs and all kinds of stuff like that and it becomes, you know, a big uh, credit crunch. And so, um, again, not to be alarmed, just to raise this issue, it's going to take a while for the yield curve to ultimately invert, and long-term rates do seem like they're going to continue to head upward. Um, but you know, we'd be doing a disservice if we didn't at least you know point out that these things might be out there on the horizon. We definitely want to bring it out uh, to your attention. Now, there are other things that we want to bring to your attention too. Of course, the macroeconomics is um, you know provide us signs of um, you know what's how's the mar- housing market could be doing. Uh, but there are also some signs of um, you know, how the housing market is doing, and we are seeing some signs of possible slowdown. I'm not going to uh, make it sound like an alarm, um, but we are seeing uh, last month in May some slowdown in sales. Yep. And uh, based on the preliminary numbers, um, it looks like we are softening up a little bit in our June's number. Yeah. So we want to devote the next few minutes to talk about whether we are seeing some signs of uh, market slowdown and what you guys need to do and uh, be looking out for. Right, yeah, because, I mean, transactions, like you said, were down almost 5% last month. It looks like we'll see some more declines this month, and I think it's uh, really juxtaposed against what we're seeing on the supply front, right? We've been eking out modest gains in sales for the last couple of years. They haven't been great. We've kind of been, you know, 420,000 plus minus with a little bit of growth each year. Um, no listings, though, right? And, right? and this year, we're seeing the tables kind of turn. And that's why we want to kind of raise you, this to your guys' attention that, uh, you know, it's it seems like there is a bit of a mini shift happening in terms of now we're seeing sales actually declining by fairly decent margins. I mean, 5% declines in sales is pretty sizable. Um, and, and at the same time, we're finally starting to see new listings come online. And so listings, I think, have been up for two months in a row. And it looks like that's going to continue in June as well. And and that really does signal a change, right? That's something that we haven't seen. I think last year they were down by double digits every single month of 2017. And I think they were down almost every month of 2016 too. 2018 is the first time in years that we've actually seen an increase in the supply on the market. Yeah. And, and, you know, the question to me is whether that increase in supply is due to uh, drop in demand or drop in sales, or people are actually putting more supply on the market. Right now, when we look at you know both the supply, the active listings as well as sales, I mean we see a sign uh, a little bit of both. Um, I think I mentioned in the notes, or you you might have seen some of the notes that we put on the, uh, the CR website. Yep. That okay, there uh, there was an uptick in uh, interest rates in April, mm-hmm. um, so that could have caused some um, holdback in closing sales. Right, that might have caused uh, sales to go down in, in, in May. Now in in June, we also mentioned in the notes that there is also an uptick uh, in a week in May, so that could have also caused some drawback in sales. Right. in in June. Now you also mentioned earlier, Jordan, about. Um, the, um, the uh, interest rate actually slowing down, uh, stabilizing, and right. people may be capitalizing on that. And we saw mortgage applications actually went up. Yep. But that's not going to materialize. We're not going to see those sales probably until 
August. Right. And of course, mortgage applications are just that. They're mortgage application. You've still got to be able to go out and find a unit, um, compete against other buyers right. for that unit, and actually get into a closed transaction um, for that to actually show up in, in our closed sales numbers. So there's some hope that we might see a slight uptick, but uh, but it looks like this might be a year where we um, don't actually perform as well as we did the year before, at least in terms of closed sales. Right. And especially since we are seeing home prices actually have been going up and such a uh, uh, big momentum. Right. Um, 8% uh, probably for the last four or five months, or at least 8% for the last four or five months. Yeah, I think even six months. Yeah, even six months. So, you know, it definitely affects the affordability, especially since interest rate has gone up uh, quite a bit since the beginning of the year as well. Yeah, and they look like they're actually accelerating, right? Last month on our press release, we noted that they were up 9%, over 9%. Um, so not only do home prices continue to go up, even though we're at these kind of new all-time high levels, they're actually going up even faster than they were a year ago, which is pretty remarkable. Right. And it's not because, it's not just because, of, you, you, of course, we're seeing, you know, maybe some increase in um, luxury homes or high-end home sales. Right. Now, does that make, change the mix of, uh, mix of sales? A little bit, but probably not enough. Um, to really change the uh, home price appreciation or uh, median home price increase by that much. Right. I mean, when you look at it even on a square foot basis, right. which theoretically kind of takes out some of that shift sharing towards luxury homes, um, you still see all-time highs even on a square foot basis, right? And so that suggests at least that these are, um, you know, real honest-to-goodness increases in the value of homes here in California. Yeah, so I think you know sales decline at least in the last month and maybe in June, uh, partly is due to affordability, but also be, uh, because of what we said, what you said earlier. There's a mismatch between uh, price expectations between buyers and sellers. Yeah, definitely. I think when you know one of the things that I look at, which we don't do a press release on this or anything, but it helps us to get an understanding of what's going on out there. Is we're out there looking at what's happening in terms of active listings and how many of those active listings have actually um, had a price reduction, right? Uh -huh. And I think that up until this year, we were on I think 17 months in a row oh, really? where the number of you know or the percentage of active listings that had had a price reduction was falling there was fewer homes that were being reduced the sellers didn't seem to find any reason to need to reduce prices because there was so much demand out there but actually um, every single month so far of 2018 except for January we've actually seen the percentage of active listings that have had a price reduction has actually gone up this year and so that's oh, wow. another shift so not only have we seen kind of that shift where sales have gone down uh, you know active listings have started to go up those active listings are starting to see some price reductions and I do think that suggests that there's um, or I guess supports the idea that we're experiencing a shift in the market. Whereas, you know, last year sellers didn't need to reduce prices at all. And I think this year their, their prices have gotten so high and maybe sellers are a little bit too optimistic <laughs> about how much money their their home is worth. And, and I think buyers are getting to the point now where they're saying, look, I, you know, I love you know, housing and I want to become a homeowner, but you know, the enough is enough or I'm at the point where it's just, you know, as much as I want a home with these higher rates, I, I simply can't afford these high prices. And so you're starting to see some sellers um, actually start to make some concessions. So I think, you know, it's safe to say, um, of course, we don't always have a crystal ball, but it's safe to say, you know, as long as we have this mismatch, you know, buyers are not budging and sellers are not really 
you know, cutting back on less, uh, less price, we might actually have a period of time, um, could be the next couple months or so, that sales may not actually, uh, sale market may not necessarily perform as well as uh, in terms of sales. Right. Um, well, that's that's uh, that's of course. Um, we 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 want to prepare you guys and let you guys know what the realistic view is. I mean, I believe we still believe that there's a lot of housing demand. Yeah, I mean, look at the end of the day, we're still forecasting some growth for the market this year, and I think that we think prices will uh, continue to go up at least over the short run through the end of the year or so. But uh, these are just things that you want to watch out for, and I think you know it's not time to panic. You don't want to go out and stock up on canned foods and shotgun shells or anything like that but i think that uh you know it does suggest that there's a shift happening out there in the market that we could see the market soften towards the end of the year and as we enter 2019 um and i think that when you put that together with the kind of economic outlook where there's a lot of forecasters saying that you know recession's got to come sometime in the next two three years that you know it does suggest that the market could be soft as we kind of progress forward yeah absolutely um, again, we will continue to uh, look out for those numbers. Uh, make sure you check out the uh, June's number as we will be releasing it in a few days. Um, and uh, once we have more insight on these numbers, uh, we'll definitely report back and let you guys know. Definitely. Yeah, we'll be watching these numbers like hawks so that you guys don't have to. And you can tune in here and find out um, all the juicy tidbits as we find them out. So uh, with that, I think we will leave you till next time, right? Yep. Definitely. Talk to you again in a couple weeks. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.